everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about Lahain, um, which I used to call Lahain before I learned <laughs> about the French pronunciation. Yeah, I didn't know up until like a few days ago it's pronounced Lahain after watching like a commentary made by the director on Criterion, mm. you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think uh, we both watched it a couple of times, the movie, and we love it. I mean, we cherish it too. Yeah. If I could say. This movie, to me, is just like the ultimate independent transgressive project. Mm -hmm. That is done mm -hmm. so well. When you watch the movie, you just from the get-go till the end, you have like that raw energy. Like you yeah. can feel the raw energy yeah, sure. that is put into like all aspects of the movie. And the film overall feels experimental in its like technique mm -hmm. like the soundtracks the shots the you know different cinematography methods yeah it feels so experimental like you can tell it's made by a young person yeah <laughs> almost right but like that's not where it ends the <clears throat> actual story the core concept of the movie is really really good yeah and exactly they explore the nuances of police brutality living in the project in france all of that's like done with utmost consideration yeah yeah i remember like in one of the film classes i took you know there's the certain guidelines as to decipher like what a good documentary is and mm -hmm. like the m first and most basic thing is that there has to be no exploitation of the subject yeah. right matter and lion is one of the movies where i don't feel the exploitation benefiting the director yeah in a way like you don't get that kind of feeling which makes you f really sure that the maybe the director did take a lot of time to make himself comfortable with mm -hmm. the topic and actually know about the topic and not just like let me make a movie <laughs> go ahead and let me make a movie about yeah. this one event that is going on or this one social thing i want to make commentary on and mm -hmm. already have this preconceived notion of like what he wants to make yeah. yeah and it definitely reflects because like he did spend like a i mean i guess Two he was months? hanging out yeah. with his friends in the projects when he was growing up and then he also along with the actors rented an apartment in the projects so mm -hmm. that he can get acquainted with the locals of that area quite yeah. well before starting the shooting i think you can't really fake that feeling of knowing what it's like there without actually living there you yeah. know and i remember one of the comments of him saying that like it was really easy for him to see things from outside mm -hmm. because he knows that he can go back to paris yeah yeah people were criticizing him because he's not actually from the project himself but yeah. then he actually thought that that was like a like a beneficial trait of him to be able yeah. to see from a distance yeah and it's more of an empathetic response you know, as a director, he actually participated in the riots. Mm -hmm. He was involved in the uh, the whole movement itself. So it kind of makes sense. It feels more authentic. Yeah. And when I saw the poster of this movie when I was younger, I thought this was a movie about, like, these cool guys, these, like, <laughs> romanticized gangsters. You know, Vincent Cassel looked so, like... He's a kind of like a male Kate Moss. And that, like, he's, like, a beautiful man oh God, with some that. unique features, you know? I, I love that. Yeah. But oh. then when I actually started watching the movie, I think I, like, understood the context behind mm -hmm. it and I stopped ob objectifying him. <laughs> I love the parallel that you drew between Kate Moss and Winston. Yeah. I kind of can see it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I guess we can just kind of basically start talking about it from maybe the beginning mm-hmm. and then just kind of talk about the middle part and then the ending and then just basically explore like how we felt about the movie yeah. overall. So <laughs> I guess it's kind of like a blend of fiction and reality in that it begins with the montage of the actual riots that's happening in France against police brutality. So um, there was a case where police shot um, mm-hmm. a kid from the project. I'm not sure if it was exactly from the project, but it's just I think uh, the French police at the time was known for police brutality and also like accidental killings. Mm-hmm. And just like I think one day uh, the director heard a news about this guy, a black guy, who got taken into the police custody in the morning and who got accidentally shot in the evening you know yeah. and he just kind of wondered like how can you just walk out of your home mm-hmm. get taken into the pol- like you know get taken by police and just die in the evening yeah. it's just such an absurd mm-hmm. phenomenon and that's like when he joined the, the riots the next day and you know he held on to that idea yeah. and like wanted to make a film about it yeah. and these riots happened for like over like 10 years and it would always mm-hmm. be the same pattern police would unfairly prosecute or you know like beat up um kids from the projects and then in response the kids would protest against the police Mm -hmm. and it's just a cycle that happens on and on yeah it's like a cycle of hate in that and latin means hate (laughs) yeah like i didn't i did not know that i don't know why i never wanted to know what latin meant yeah it's so crazy that like i watched that movie like three times and i never for once wondered what does this mean? Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so I guess, like, what happened is that there's three characters in the movie. There's Saeed, who were introduced in the beginning of the film, who is the guy of Northern African Arabic descent. And then there's Vince, who is played by Vincent Cassel, mm-hmm. who is um, the Jewish white guy. And then there's Hubert, or Hubert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go with Hubert. <laughs> um, he's the, um, the black guy with, like, boxing background yeah he boxes Mm -hmm. and he's like a christian guy and there are all of their names are based off of the actor's actual names which is kind of like um what he what the director matthew kasowitz came out from martin scorsese's films (laughs) yeah yeah i like that idea actually Mm -hmm. so i guess immediately we find out that their friend abdel has (laughs) been um taken into police custody yeah and he's been beaten by the police Mm -hmm. and he's in like critical condition in the hospital and they're not able to find out what's going to happen to their friend. And I think one of the main kind of moving piece of the plot is the fact that Wins, he finds a gun from one of the police officers. Yeah. And that's kind of like what moves the plot forward the most. Because mm-hmm. in France, um, in Paris at the time, I think, a loss yeah. regarding the gun control is really strict. So it's not like america where everyone can have like gun multiple guns yeah. you know in the household it's such a rare thing and once he gets to possess that gun and with everything that is going on around him he's kind of like wondering what he can do mm-hmm. with the gun like killing the police with their own gun that kind of idea he's entertaining from the get-go yeah. and that kind of creates a little bit of uh 
uh, obstacles, I guess, in their friendship, especially mm -hmm. with uh, Hu Hubert, because he doesn't want to get involved. Yeah. He doesn't. He like Hubert is a guy that does not want to go down the road of uh, violence. Yeah, like he always stresses that there's good cops mm -hmm. and bad cops, right? Yeah, and yeah. he's just like much more nuanced. He wants to see the different perspectives. He doesn't want to give into this overarching feelings of hate and hatred, mm -hmm. and because I think he's one of the ones that can actually maybe maybe just see the surface of the fact that how they're reacting and how the police reacting like both of that is like feeding onto something yeah. you know feeding onto each other and it's not really like doing good from the portrayal he's a boxer he's the one most capable of physical violence at least yeah but he's like the opposite and it's just an interesting concept and the uh, wins gets the gun and he is uh, just much more like explosive mm -hmm. after that. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I guess Matthew Kasovitz also said that like Vince has less stake in the game mm -hmm. because he's white and yeah, exactly. you know he's going to be treated differently from the police. Mm -hmm. So I think like um, implicitly he kind of knows that he's able to be much more aggressive towards police than mm -hmm. um, Hubert, who's um, of African descent. Yeah. I mean, you could say that he doesn't receive as much of a layered racism and layered yeah. persecutory behavior from mm -hmm. the police as, like, Hubert or Said. Yeah, but I don't think Vince is necessarily, like, in the wrong for wanting to um, stir up things much more mm -hmm. than his friends. Because, mm -hmm. like, when you see the scene with the, with the group going to the hospital to visit their friend mm -hmm. Abdel... Um, Vince encounters the police, right? And he's mm -hmm. like, let me go see my friend. I want to mm -hmm. see my friend. And then the police is like, I can't let you in. He's in a coma. If I let you in, then I'm going to lose my job. Mm -hmm. And like the police is trying to be nice. Yeah. And like he's always using the excuse of like, this is just my orders and this yeah, is exactly. what I have to do. Yeah. And it's like Vince kind of can see through the bullshit because like, that scene itself is very Kafka-esque in that, like, mm -hmm. you can never reach the central authority mm -hmm. from this, yeah. like, this bureaucratic law and order mm -hmm. process, right? Yeah, there's just so many layers yeah. that you have to go through. It's and like Vince, yeah, Vince wants to deal with the issue head on. He's gonna, he's willing to like fuck up the <laughs> yeah. guy who's like, yeah, you know, the the low level cop who's um, mm -hmm. preventing them from seeing their yeah. friend. That's like almost the only way. You yeah, know? It even is. in the actual book trial. The main struggle is he does not get to know why he is being imprisoned and why mm -hmm. he's, you know, he wants to find out. But the person who knows the reason or who put him in that situation is just so far out of reach. And given lens, it kind of makes sense for that response. It's mm -hmm. like, why try to get through all those, you know, different layers of like different people to get actually like a visitor's, I don't know, approval or something, you know, mm -hmm. why not just deal with it right then and there? And it's kind of like, you know, that just kind of warrants the riots and what justifies it because mm -hmm. like, unless you do that, like you're never going to be able to surpass those mm -hmm. like, like noise yeah. that is created. But I think like in the case of Hubert, he's un he's uncomfortable with the fact that they have to like sacrifice this seemingly innocent um, mm -hmm. cop in order to achieve that goal. It's like the dilemma that you would experience when navigating a situation like that. You know that cop maybe is a good cop. Oh. He maybe does, like deep down, wants to let them in and see his friend. He deep down knows there's nothing wrong with that. But it's the, the people above him yeah. that would not care if he felt that way or not. And it's just like this like feeling of being unheard. And it's like instead of trying to even express what you're feeling or justify what you're feeling and justify your actions based on that, 
it's so much easier to just go with and do what you're told to do. It's and hard. like the people who are in of actual power know that like it's not just that they don't want to mm-hmm. deal with these kids from the projects face to face, but it's that like they know that setting up all these processes yeah. beforehand will create this like um, obstacle maze, yeah. right, for them to be able to never reach them. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like they know that in the process of it, people will get tired. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, oh my god, the scene where they introduced the gun <laughs> I, was so oh my, cool. I know. Like, they're zooming in. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called, like a dolly shot or whatever. <laughs> um, and then, like, as they zoom in, like, Vince um, kind of looks back at the camera and then points the gun straight at the camera. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> I know. Those are the moments that you really feel that energy coming in. Yeah. But it's like the energy that is not misused. It's in sync with like their like actual energy. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think one thing that struck me just from the get-go is the introduction to each character. Yeah. It's very well done. When you introduce Vince, he has like this silly ass like two finger ring or something that has yeah. his name on it and he's sleeping drooling on his bed and you yeah. know he lives with a lot of people <laughs> his sister his parent grandma yeah. you know and it kind of gives you all those information without trying too hard and mm-hmm. each of the characters you know what they're about yeah like vince is like the funny thing is he tries to act really cool but in reality he's really silly and i feel like that's the thing about like what i said earlier about like finding these guys to be like these cool guys in this movie Mm -hmm. that i haven't seen i feel like when you get up close to something that you think is cool Mm -hmm. and once it gets demystified Mm -hmm. it no longer becomes cool like you Mm -hmm. find better ways to describe it which is that like they're passionate or they're respectable Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. they're confident yeah exactly and I love um, kind of the fact that their friends almost because of necessity or just simply the fact that they live in the project and mm-hmm. there's nowhere else to make friends or, you yeah. know, you would think that, for example, Vince and Huber are such a like opposing personality. Like Vince is much more explosive, impulsive, whereas Hubert is much more toned down, calm and... And you would think, like, those two personalities would not make good friends, right? But it's like, you become friends with them because of where you come from. Yeah. And I love how the director is able to kind of portray that really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, through all the different characters. How did you, like, overall feel about, like, American elements? The hip-hop dance, the music choices, yeah, and just, like, the references that they make throughout the movie. I think it's kind of a known fact that, like, black American teenagers kind of influence culture all over the globe, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, I remember watching these music videos from this French um, hip-hop band called Ian or Iam or something mm-hmm. when I was younger. And, like, they, ha- um, one of their most popular songs has this um, black and white music video <laughs> and like when i f- first watched la a and i really like thought about that and i feel mm-hmm. like it just kind mm-hmm. of like reflects reality and like okay i was like 15 when i watched their music video and then i was like whoa there's like black people in france <laughs> <laughs> um so it's kind of like in the similar vein just to give context just because of the background that where we grew up yeah. We're much more familiar with American culture than yeah. European culture. European culture is kind of like really distant to us. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, it, it kind of makes sense because like I was also watching one of the um, commentaries on Criterion and then the sociologist was like, yeah, like these kids from the projects, they don't really relate to the, like, mm -hmm. um, the typical French experience because mm -hmm. they're in the projects, you usually have these immigrants, these people of like African or like Arabic descent, mm -hmm. right? You know, their experience would reflect much more of like the African-American people. They might relate yeah. more and like, that's also literally why the movie resonates so much with the world mm -hmm. um, in terms of relating with the African-American experience as well as the experience of immigrants in other countries in Europe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just the fact that they don't feel French, so they like seek their identification from somewhere else. Obviously, the most accessible culture is an american culture yeah because and like <laughs> even though they're they have their struggle they're also really mm -hmm. like cultural pioneers you know exactly. with their arts yeah and it just uh, feels familiar with in the sense that when you don't like when you don't identify with your own culture too much mm -hmm. you try to find out different um cultures or different you know movements that you yeah. can be part of and it's just like a natural inclination to identify with something you know yeah. otherwise like like you otherwise you have nothing you have no yeah meaning. it's like yeah. really hard to build identity especially you know throughout high school and adolescence and in Lain you have all these like nods to the American culture like when Vin says like I'm gonna give you like a like a crazy ass like New York haircut or like <laughs> all the you know like the hip-hop dance and you know the music choices that they uh, play oh <laughs> man that scene where um the the DJ is playing this like French hip hop music mm -hmm. from the from like the apartment window, and then like there's this like helicopter shot that follows the music. <gasps> Holy shit! That oh was the <laughs> moment that I loved and enjoyed the most. Yeah. Maybe it's I don't I don't know I can't exactly pinpoint why, but the buildings just remind me so much of the buildings I. Mm -hmm. I just grew up 100%. like seeing and yeah. to me it feels so nostalgic and so like surreal. Yeah, because where crazy. we grew up, like kids would be like sitting outside of their own buildings, hanging yeah. out with kids from their own building, you yeah. know, just basically doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think one of the things that the director really nailed and really successfully captured is that kind of restlessness and also teenagers, they just don't have a lot to do, mm -hmm. especially when you grow up in the country or when you grow up in a part of a town where there's not a lot of infrastructure. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go bowling today. I want to yeah. go bowling with my friends. There's no bowling places. Mm -hmm. So what you do is like you just hang out outside your apartment yeah. complex, and that's that's, that's how you the make thing friends. I noticed about like living in Vancouver because I'm like, where are all the teenagers like exactly outside <laughs> apartment complexes, right? Yeah, like back where we grew up there's always teenagers in like in front of like apartments they're always yeah. chilling there and benches are always occupied <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there's just not a lot to do so you just kind of seemingly float around mm -hmm. they captured that really well especially that scene where um Vince, uh, Said, and this other, like, the young boy from the neighborhood is just sitting on this, like, individual benches, and they're just sitting down. There's nothing to do, and the young <laughs> kid is just explaining, oh, this is what happened, you know? And that was the scene where I felt, like, the most deeply, where I was mm -hmm. like, this feels so familiar. And I, I guess I really liked the, like, aerial shot, because, like, 
I mean, I do have like a strong penchant for just like helicopter shots or drone shots in general, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I like love them when they're used like appropriately and sparingly. Mm-hmm. Not when it's you're one like, of my yeah. favorite things ever. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like when you're like, you know, see an aerial shot and you're like, damn, they just did it for like the aesthetic. Yeah. yeah in this case, like way. it's it's so interesting to actually see the projects from that kind of view, you know? Because yeah. like the project is literally about the like, about the housing that they provided mm-hmm. and like the infrastructure they failed to set mm-hmm. up for all the people. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that like very central part of the environment from that holistic view. Yeah. And I just remember it's just like, a human cost that is paid for poor infrastructures, right? Mm -hmm. And the commentary the director was talking about how every year many people die in the elevators just because the elevator is not set up properly. And it's a really stark and harsh reality. Those kind of aspects are very well alluded to in the movie, which is great. Like, that totally, you know, makes sense why the... The kids hate the mayor, you know, and they hate the of cops. Course. <laughs> of and course. yeah, like when um, Matthew Kasovitz said that um, every few months you would find like a child, like mm-hmm. a four year old child or a grandmother who had fallen down the elevator mm-hmm. because the door was not um, like yeah, barricaded attached, from the yeah. inside. Like that was so reminiscent of a news that broke out in Mongolia a few, few like months a ago. While, yeah. Yeah, where this like four year old kid fell from the elevator mm-hmm. door. Mm. And then they immediately passed away. And yeah. it's like, it's just shitty. Yeah. And it's just like, when that is your own reality, the most kind of appropriate feeling to that when it keeps happening again and again is hatred. Mm-hmm. There's no like acceptance. Acceptance comes latest, you know? Yeah. Acceptance does not come easily. The most kind of natural feelings that you're inclined to feel are feelings that make you survive. Yeah. Feelings like hatred and fear. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like those feelings would take the first like account yeah. of this, you know, whatever that is happening around you. So in when you're living in the project, you don't have a time mm-hmm. to develop like a really well um, thought out explanation or logical explanation for the things that is happening around you. So the feelings that you would resort to would be the feelings of hatred yeah. in the whole, like the whole overall arc. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how I feel about this. So Matthew Cassavetes put in a lot of effort to balance out like the racial stereotypes as mm-hmm. well as the stereotypes within cops mm-hmm. so that like he didn't want to have all bad cops. He had one mm-hmm. good cop in there who mm-hmm. was like um, Saeed's brother, right? Or like some kind of relative. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. And then like he also made sure not to make um, the one black guy, Hubert, into like a criminal. He's like, mm-hmm. he's kind of like the like the super ego of the trio you know mm-hmm. what i mean um yeah though i need to mention something about <laughs> you know i usually um i'm really wary of feminist takes on movies yeah i do not agree with like 90 percent of them because i'm like it, that's not the point right yeah but in this movie you really there's not a lot of female characters and i'm i'm like totally fine with it 100%. i don't have yeah. any problems but it's well, just this a is comment. about three people not yeah. like 100 people yeah <laughs> um but the problem that i like had when i was reading one of the kind of uh, reviewer articles on la ain was that 
when asked why there wasn't a lot of like female presentation, mm-hmm. the the director replied that he didn't want to take away from the seriousness of the film, like what love has to do with it. Yeah. And that I mean that implies that like, you know, when you put in female characters in movies it's always like has to do with love. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love movies like Possession because you know they show the female kind of angst like that is even outside the scope of love mm-hmm. you know this whole concept of yeah. love and but i think that was just one of the notes that i was like hmm this director is um it's like i feel like but it's I mean, like in this context it's okay he's like, a I'm smart a guy i feel like he just like kind of made a dumb mistake of saying, <laughs> that. <laughs> saying that shit i know like i feel like you should like if you say that you can just say like the circumstances just didn't allow you know yeah. like the tight budget and like the tight storyline <laughs> didn't allow for that kind of thing yeah. but you shouldn't say something like love would be a distraction from the it would take away from the seriousness of um the yeah. movie which is just something that i wanted to you know note out and yeah. just wanted it's to n- say but it's not yeah. fucking harry potter like to the, <laughs> to the person who wrote the critique it's not harry potter girls don't just hang out with two boys all the time like yeah. we have our own life out side of you know what the guys are doing yeah there's a lot that's going on yeah Yeah. i'm ready to turn any conversation into a conversation about possession but i'll abstain from (laughs) doing that but like i love the scene where um (laughs) the guy from the husband from possession encounters like the the other man Mm -hmm. and then like the other man leads him to the room where she lives and then like there's all this shit that she Mm -hmm. collected right yeah and then he's like oh did she like bring all this and then the other guy's like yeah like she said that like if i'm gonna be with her like this is what i have to accept Mm -hmm. and i just i love that so much yeah i love the narrative in which they when the directors choose to explore like feminine existence outside Mm -hmm. of love And that's one of the things that I really love about Fiona Teacher too, where there is this attraction and thing, but like she's able to see clearly and that's what the movie focuses on, aside from like all this romantic relationship and attractions. Yeah. It kinda like tunes out all these noises that has been attached to female characters for a long time and it feels so fresh and authentic when directors actually choose to It's not even the fact that like they did something intentionally transgressive it's just that like they put things in a perspective that's really really authentic yeah exactly that's like the brilliance okay we're gonna move back to (laughs) (laughs) actually speaking of the piano teacher um the the main guy who plays in the piano teacher was actually also in latin i know every time i watch latin i'm like that guy looks familiar but i can never remember like (laughs) this from the piano teacher and i'm like oh yeah um, well, there's a scene where um, Abdel, the guy who's in the custody of the police, his brother tries to kill one of the police officers mm-hmm. and fails. And then our main three guys, they also have a confrontation with the police and then they flee. And then they decide they want to go to Paris. So um, in the transition scene between them mm-hmm. coming from the projects to Paris, they there's like a shot of them going from short lengths to a long lens mm-hmm. and that's like one of the you know along with the, the helicopter shot along with the along with the shot yeah. of um vince looking in the mirror mm-hmm. those are like one of the most iconic shots yeah right? and i like that because like it's like a very like it's like a change of pace from yeah. one environment to another mm-hmm. and what actually the camera does is that like 
while in their projects with the short lens, you can kind of see everything that's behind them. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're in their own habitat. They're kind yeah, of exactly. in. Um, Everything's clear to them. They yeah. know what it's like to live there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when they switch to the long lens in Paris, like it it's a really blurry. unknown mm-hmm. environment and it's only focused on the actors themselves showing that like they're kind of secluded from the environment yeah. that they're in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like that was not purposeful <laughs> because um, their crew actually was tight on the budget so they had to switch from one lens to another Mm -hmm. but it still turned out to be like a great decision on the cinematography and that introductory shot of them in paris um, like you zoom in them and the background zooms out or vice versa i forgot which exactly which but it's such an iconic shot that i've seen in it's other in, movies, it's in Vertigo from yeah, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, and then when you see it in different movies, you're like, Lain. And there's also this another shot where Vince actually sees a real violence take place in front of him. Yeah. Where this black guy that he met in Paris actually shoots uh, a bodyguard or like a guard at a club. Mm-hmm. And there's a shot like he's looking right into the screen and then the violence is happening behind him. And that shot. I saw that and I was like, that's so iconic because I saw that exact same shot in Jennifer's <laughs> body. <laughs> I was like, no way. Like, it's uh, like there's a lot of iconic shots in that yeah. film, which just makes it like so much better. Mm-hmm. You know, that means that they have done something experimental and yeah. it kind of. And also, off. just the fact that the whole movie is shot in black and white. Mm-hmm. And um, Matthew Kasovitz yeah. gives a lot of credit to that because he was like, listen, if the movie didn't have any black and white, if the movie didn't have those mm-hmm. like um, timestamps coming up every yeah. now and then, it actually would have been bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know? He's really I mean, self aware of that. I mean, I mean, there's obviously logistical reasons as to why he chose black and white. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's so much easier. On yeah. the cinematographer and the person because you don't need to think about color palette and everything yeah. but like the thing about black and white and black and white photography is that it just kind of takes out the noise right away mm-hmm. so that you don't even need to deal with them to begin with yeah so it's like when i look at a color photography um obviously unconsciously aware of the colors you know like i'm yeah. processing the colors but when i look at black and white photography i always tend to look for the things that matter the most you know the person their eyes their gaze and yeah. everything and everything else that is outside noise is kind of filtered out it gives us like, such a classic quality as mm-hmm, you said timeless like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like a black and black and white on like a student film might be dumb and pretentious, but like yeah. on a great film like this, it actually complements it. Yeah, exactly. Like the choice of doing it in black and white has to come with good justifications. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a cop out. Yeah. So the kind of like the one notable thing I kind of like a change in the plot is when they are kind of stuck in because they missed the last metro like metro. They are stuck in this really big mall and they're just looking at this big um, screen that is showcasing all this violence around the world. And then they show that the Abdel, the guy, the, their friend who was taken into police custody is actually dead. Yeah. And that's when Vince actually, maybe that's the point where he realizes that he actually maybe needs to do what he thinks that he needs to do. Yeah, all this time he's been saying that he's going to kill the police Mm -hmm. if he dies, Yeah, exactly. It actually happens. And Sage and Huber, like, kind of wakes up and they find that Vince is missing. From that on, we kind of get introduced to the ending shots. Just the fact that when they're just... even, Even when they're, like, stuck in a mall 
and the kind of things that they see, it's just all violence. There's just nothing good going on. And if you already have that view of humans are evil, it kind of reinforces that even more and kind of pushes you to the mm-hmm. edge of doing something. Yeah. And Vince starts yeah. having fantasies of like actually killing police, mm-hmm. right? And then they encounter neo-Nazi skinheads um, who have been like pestering them since the beginning of the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. And they've Vince, when he comes back to his friends, he finds out that the skinheads have captured Hubert and mm-hmm. Saeed. And they're mm-hmm. trying to like beat him, beat them up. Mm-hmm. So Vince brings out their gun, get them scared, and then they actually capture one of the skinheads, mm-hmm. and then they bring him to like this other place where they can actually threaten the skinhead dude. And then Hubert starts testing Vince. He's mm-hmm. like, there might be a, such a thing as a good cop, but there's no such thing as a good skinhead. Yeah. And that brings out the concept that for a cop, a cop is a job. You might have the good ideas Different as reasons a cop. Different going into it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but for being a skinhead. You only become a skinhead if you subscribe to a certain ideology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you want to kill someone, it's a perfect excuse to kill a skinhead yeah, for exactly. Vince, you know? Mm-hmm. But Vince actually doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. He lets the skinhead go. Mm-hmm. It, like, it kind of illustrates that, you know, like, Hubert probably maybe from the get-go knew that maybe Wins was not capable of violence yeah and when actually coming face to face with the act of actually killing someone like Wins is not capable of doing that yeah because Vince is a good kid yeah (laughs) it's just it's the hatred Uh that makes him boil with these different negative feelings and yeah i think vince from the get-go he know he knew that like it's not with an individual skinhead you know exactly and it's uh you know hubert says that what kind of difference is it gonna make if you kill one cop it's not like eradicating the whole system of you know policing yeah it's just one policeman yeah and it's that kind of like helplessness you feel towards a really big infrastructure i think it's a really good film in that it kind of like brings in those different perspectives into mm-hmm. the movie and it's not just like i'm against the police or like i'm against this and that yeah. it's just like more nuanced i feel like he was able to deal with the nuance more because like he wasn't dealing with abdel's story directly um could have very easily turned into like a sob story of exactly. like you know victims in the hands of the police but it's yeah. not that yeah, that's the like the thing I love, I guess, about La Haine is that it's not like victimology, you know? Yeah. It would have been the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I hate it when people think the victim is always right. Yeah. You know, or like you have to trust everything that the victim says. That's something that I feel really yeah. passionately up against. Mm-hmm. And like La Haine just manages to not to turn it into like a really, really one-sided story. But like he's able to capture the nuances of those social interactions so well yeah. that you are really kind of left facing the reality. You know, even the ending. Mm-hmm. It's like we can now like just talk talk about about the ending (laughs) (laughs) oh every time i watch the ending i always get so shocked it's Mm -hmm. crazy yeah i got shocked last night watching the ending (laughs) (laughs) um so like i guess um in the middle of the movie when they go to paris they um visit um this guy called snoopy who Mm -hmm. supposedly owes money to saeed Mm -hmm. and while trying to go into his apartment they try they kind of, like, they don't know the ways of, like, the people who live in Paris. So they, like, ring 
like random yeah. doors and then they kind of pestered the um, people in the apartment so they get um the police called on them mm-hmm. and once they leave the apartment the police start like just like abusing their power mm-hmm. over them um for really no reason mm-hmm. and um that takes Said and Hubert into custody um and Vince runs away because I, I'm assuming that it's because he has the gun. He doesn't want mm-hmm. to be caught with the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that maybe he can save his friends later. Mm-hmm. But um, when the police take Saeed and Hubert into custody, they basically just like start abusing them, right? Mm-hmm. They think it's funny to like make fun of their race and to like just like physically mm-hmm. make use of yeah. the hours that they can keep them in custody. They just try to like entertain themselves with their newfound mm-hmm. um it's almost like a yeah. toy object and they're teaching the new cop on how things are run yeah this is what you do you don't want any like notable injuries on their face mm-hmm. but you want to scare them and yeah um yeah we see that scene and later Vince just kind of finds them and which is the scene that I actually love like when uh, Sade and Huber misses the metro because obviously the police let them go yeah. after the metro on purpose mm-hmm. for them to miss and then Vince finds them and he comes to them and he kind of like picks up his nose and he's just like I'm here you know <laughs> he doesn't say sorry he doesn't say anything sorry for running away yeah like he doesn't say anything and they just all kind of walk away together which I think is a really effective nod at their friendship and yeah. how they're that he's not like oh my god I'm so sorry yeah, no. for leaving you I was going through such a tough time in my life you know? <laughs> yeah exactly there's nothing of that sorry you yeah. know it's just like yes it's I'm an back authentic here. relationship where everyone knows what's you know yeah what's up and mm-hmm. you know why everyone's in it and it's so much clearer and I love that scene and there is that really big character development regarding Vince where he actually decides not to take the gun and gives it to Hubert at the yeah. end and that brings us to the very last ending scene. yeah so um, they return back to the project and it turns out that the police have found them the same police who's been abusing Hubert and Saeed mm-hmm. And once they find them, they start, like, they try to capture them again. Mm-hmm. They start abusing their power. And then once they... Um, Get a hold of Vince. Yeah. And, and say it. He, one of the police actually shoots Vince in the head. And accidentally. Was it accidentally? It was accidental. <laughs> That's what, like, makes it so shocking is that the police officer already had some kind of grudge against him because of the rooftop scene. He was trying to threaten wins yeah but he accidentally shot it and he gets so confused in that moment where he does not know how to act like do you laugh or like Mm -hmm. and he kind of goes down the road of like like he starts laughing and you know if like it's just such an absurd way of taking someone's life where you're trying to threaten them but like you have no intention of killing them yeah and Hubert seeing that just loses it over and he comes back and then he actually does point his gun to the policeman and the movie ends with like say just looking at them and you know <laughs> really helplessly seeing who's gonna be the one shot you know yeah is it both of them is it, it one of them kind of ends in like Hubert and, and one of yeah. the police guys who killed um mm-hmm. Vince pointing guns at each other and the camera focuses um, on Saeed only without showing mm-hmm. who's shooting oh, yeah. and then there's like a bang mm-hmm. we don't know who dies who shot 
and it's done so brilliantly because just moments before Wince dies accidentally, he doesn't for one moment think he's gonna die. Yeah. But it happens so quick and the shot just goes through your head and that's it. Yeah, I mean, like, the police have guns. Ordinary citizens don't have guns. That's kind of the situation of gun control in <laughs> France, right? And it's like, these police guys are kind of like ordinary like rookies who have no <laughs> business having that much authority control, over yeah, anybody exactly. else. They don't know how to use that. Yeah. Mm. And to me, like, the reason why maybe it shocks me so much is because from the beginning of the movie, you're so much captured and involved in his character. And for his life to be taken away in such a split moment of carelessness, it just kind of signals, like, to the idea that to the system, one life is, like, nothing. And it kind of shows you that by the accidental killing that it hurts. And knowing that it probably will like make a news for a few days. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be another person. There's going to be another riot. Yeah, like another, accidentally, yeah. Yeah, it's going to repeat over and over again. Yeah, and that's what makes it, I think, is so brilliant. It shows that like, you know, your life can be so easily taken away accidentally. There's not a lot of justification that you can give to that. Yeah. It's such an absurd phenomenon mm-hmm. that was made possible because of the system. Yeah, so that's the ending of the movie, which has struck me um, quite heavily. This movie just inspired me so much just because of all the ins- um, experimental techniques that he uses. The night that I watched it, as well as last night after I rewatched the movie, I was just like, I was really inspired. I couldn't sleep. I just kept thinking about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what are all the things that filmmakers can do and the conceptual space that they can conquer with their movies. Mm-hmm. I always think, like, from the perspective of the victim and from the perspective of the prosecutor, there's always the things that just get lost when you try to look through the one way. Yeah. You know, reality is between the interaction between the victim and the prosecutor. But a lot of movies, I feel like, present you with this really arbitrary world of like, this is right, this is wrong, this is what it is, you know? And the reason why it's so timeless is because I think it's so nuanced. I do think that... Nuanced to a degree. I do think that you can get more nuanced than like yeah exactly yeah but i also like that it does have a stance which is that like it it does have an Mm anti-police stance you know at the end of the day yes so it's not just like this lukewarm take Mm -hmm. on like what's happening overall lain is such a great film and i would you know recommend watching it again and maybe one more time you love to really kind of appreciate it. Yeah. For its energy. Energy is the key word. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's a movie where you can really feel inspired and really feel moved to a degree, you know. He is a great director, though I have not seen any other films of his. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I know about him is Latin and then the fact that he was the actor in Emilie. <laughs> <laughs> Emilie? That movie, Weird, I watched it one time. Like, the ultimate, like, quirky French movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's a really good actor. Now. He played the skinhead in Latin, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I think, like, he knows, like, how he should structure his shots, because he mm-hmm. knows, like, he under- he empathizes with the actors. 
Um, okay, well, anyway, that's our episode on La Ain. Hope you enjoyed it, and we hope we see you in another episode. <laughs> I sound like a YouTuber. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and um, we'll let you go now. Bye for now. <laughs>